0: In the book of Romans, chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing, and Unless hearing by hear, the word of God. On I pray that you are Come blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is
1: a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Keep Stay blessed.
0: In the Hide, me the Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. My
1: Because now parents are providing and paying your way out of life. And so anything you want, because they suffered, the usual excuse is that we want to make our children benefit from what we didn't. So they pay your way through everything. So you don't know how to adapt or manage. And so you grow up with the same mentality that you want to start from zero. You abuse the blessings of God. And so those who God blesses even with wives, suddenly expect their wives to be a certain caliber of person. And you forget that when I'm in my father's house and all that, everything else is taken care of, and all you do is come and pick me at the gate and go out and come back, you don't know the process that goes on behind. And so when I come and live in your house and we need to go through the process because it's now we, then you start getting angry and thinking, why are you like this? You are, you are smart, you are sharp, you are this. Those things were catered for by somebody. <laughs> somebody catered for that. Praise the Lord. So you come and then you find something already made. And so in your mind, it, it has to be like that. But you haven't gone through the process. And so um, the team for this, um, this fire camp is what? praise the lord okay we'll get into the subject i just want us with all that i've said all i want you to say is to be thankful to god i just want you to use a minute to just thank god for everything including the good the bad and the ugly because who knows if you hadn't probably experienced some of the ugly you would have probably been six feet down but even though you went through what you call ugly or bad you are still alive awake your ear is intact your nose is there your arms are there your feet You still have your feet. You still have your legs. You moved here yourself. And I heard there was an incident here at dawn and had it not been God. And so God has been good to all of us. We have a testimony. If you didn't hear about it, don't worry. God is a good God. And so you should thank God for your life. The fact that you are alive, you have parents, you don't have parents, you have somebody taking care of you, you have a caretaker, you have somebody who cares about you. And even if you think nobody cares about you, your shepherds do. Your pastor does. Apostle does. And so we gather you here every time to teach you what you learn. Some churches, you're not getting like this. Some fellowships, you're not getting like this. We only polish the top, but we go through the process to scrap the insights. Praise the Lord. It's not an easy job and nobody wants it. That's how come some people didn't accept the call. It's a bad paying job. It's a job with... (laughs) No gratitude. It's just the problems that you get. But no appreciation. And so you just want to thank God for the ability to be here. The fact that there's somebody who has heard the voice of God, obeyed it. And for that reason, we're all gathered here each day to learn. Some of you, your destinies, your lives will not be the same. Some of you can be to your destiny. Some of you will get to understand God better. What it is you thought you've been seeking all this while. What you didn't know that you've been trying to find. You get to find it here. And so you just want to thank God for the fact that you are guarded under such an atmosphere. Where God is. Where God is present. And you just want to thank him for whatever number of years you have. Even in this 2021. If it's 18 years, 16 years, 17 years, 30 years. Whatever age you have, you want to thank him that he has been faithful to his word and he's kept his covenant with you, with your parents, with your auntie, with your pastor to preserve and protect you and to keep you and to bring you to the expected end that God has for you. You just want to use this opportunity not to sleep because you are tired. But to say thank you, Lord. I just want to say thank you this morning. I haven't ever taken the trouble to say thank you. But you've done so much for me. You've done so much for me. I have a home. I have a house. I have a roof. I have a place to lay my head. I thank you that I don't sleep on the streets. That I have food to eat each day. That I have health. That I am not on oxygen support. I am not in the emergency ward somewhere, undergoing oppression. I am not on a hit list somewhere. I am not on a most wanted criminal list somewhere. But I am sitting in your house at your feet to hear your voice today once more. Father, I just want to say thank you. I may not have been the best of me. I have been true ones. I have been rude. I have been disobedient. I haven't even loved you like you have loved me. But today I want to say thank you because you have been God irrespective of what I have been. I have given excuses. I have blamed people. I have said things. I have sometimes even cursed you, questioned you. I have said all sorts of things because I wasn't happy. I questioned your credibility. I questioned your integrity. I questioned who you are. I said things in the spare of the moment that didn't make sense. But today I know... That you are still out there and you haven't stopped the sun from shining down on me. And so I want to say thank you. You haven't let me be beaten by the rain such that my skin peeled off. And so I want to say thank you. You haven't let me rot in bed. And so I want to say thank you. You have helped me graduate school. I want to say thank you. It took me a while to get a job, but I want to say thank you. Praise the Lord. We have to have this attitude of thankfulness to God all the time. It's an attitude. You can't buy it in any shop. Nobody can give you a prescription for it. There's no tablets. You just have to find reason every day to just say, thank you, Lord. Things may have been delayed and denied in my life. But one thing I know, your love will never leave me. One thing I know, life would always be in me. I always have the breath of life. And for that, I want to say thank you this morning. For that alone, I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have not been the lovable person that you made me. I won't love me, but you have loved me. So I want to say thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord. We worship you, we praise you, we honor you, we adore you. We thank you for another year and another opportunity of Fire Camp. Had it not been you on our side, had it not been you preserving, protecting us, Lord, had it not been you speaking, O God, Father, on our behalf, for us, O God, we don't know where we would have been today. Because, Lord, we have achieved things that we call achievements. That on our own, we could not have done, nor have achieved. Because Lord, left to us and our plans, Lord, and our resources, we wouldn't have been where we are today. But Lord, in your goodness and in your mercy, in your kindness, Lord, you have brought us this far. This morning, Lord, I join my brothers and sisters to say thank you, Lord. We are grateful. Father, we thank you, Lord. Be praised, Lord. Be glorified in our hearts, O God no matter what father we go through we still say thank you lord no matter what we've been through we say thank you lord and for what is ahead, lord we say thank you because we know you are our god our king you are a wise god you are a wise king oh god you are the almighty sovereign one and lord your will will be done in our lives and your will will be done on earth we thank you this morning for this opportunity have your way, O oh God. Thank you for a bright sky. Thank you, Lord, for the breath of life. Thank you, Lord, for strength. Thank you, Lord, for health. Thank you, Lord, for help. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today, I don't know if I have a title for... <laughs> the message (laughs) I don't know if I have a title but it's going to be snippets of all that you have heard this week praise the Lord and we just want to thank God for the life of Apostle Kingsley J. Godson the vision bearer and the reason why you and I are gathered here today the reason why we are so networked praise the Lord Okay, so my titleless message is going to <laughs> my titleless message is going to talk about the challenges to assessing grace. You can make it your title, but it's not my title. Okay, so some of the challenges because this team, this this fire camp, we're assessing God um, grace for God's purpose. Hallelujah, and I know you've had different definitions of purpose I know, we've all been there where we were not taught, the teacher, the lecture didn't go there except this time, all your lectures are here Uh so you can't say they didn't teach us and then you've had so many definitions as well for grace hallelujah, or you didn't have any at all you did. Don't worry if you say you did, I do not call you to say it, so don't worry. We know you are learning for tomorrow. You are learning for now and tomorrow, but most of us are learning for tomorrow. And some of us learn for the teacher. We learn so that when the teacher makes a mistake, we can correct him, but not so we can correct ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. So I am hoping that you have covenanted with yourself that you will not be sleeping today praise the Lord okay so can somebody share with me the various themes or titles of the messages that was God's word the message itself is what God asked his servant to come and deliver and the production afterwards, the development of that message the theme, the title praise the Lord so who can share with me what was shared on Monday what was a title that's all I want if there was a title I know Friday you remember mine because it was a message, titleless message. Hallelujah. It's not, I'm not expecting the ministers or the leadership to give me the answers. So, yes. Monday, morning. Morning was prayer. Evening was.
2: Evening was. Reverend... Hey, not... <laughs> Evening was Reverend Bishop Bochi.
1: Okay. Forgive me. <laughs> Reverend Bishop Butre it's okay. <laughs> A powerful cry, it's too powerful. It's okay cry. <laughs>
2: and his title was Assessing Grace.
1: Assessing Grace, okay. And um, then Tuesday morning was?
2: Reverend Andrew.
1: Reverend Andrew, you want to say, oh, okay. Oh no, it's fine. I think they are happy to have you.
2: Um, Reverend Andrew's goal was God's Grace of Help.
1: God's Grace of Help was it helpful yes <laughs> okay all right and then wednesday tuesday evening
2: um, reverend de la
1: reverend de in, in the morning okay and right this
2: was encounters colon platforms for accessing grids.
1: wow wow so how many of you had encounters here throughout this week no encounters wow just one person it's coming yeah. Apostle, the encounter is with you. So, <laughs> the day you hold the mic, the encounter will happen. <laughs> wow, yesterday he didn't have any encounters. When Reverend Robin was having the night session with you, no encounters. When Reverend Della was speaking, there wasn't an encounter. He didn't have an aha moment. Oh, I understand this now. <laughs> Beautiful. Your teachers are looking at you. (laughs) Your teachers are looking at you. So now let me ask the question again. Did you have... How many of you have had encounters here so far? Okay, good. Sizable number, but there are more people to catch up. Praise the Lord. Okay. And as I go on, let me just say this, okay? That um, this vision is born of God. And everything we do... We invest prayer into it. And so, whoever gets the mandate to stand here is because God has divinely appointed a person. And so, when anybody is speaking or teaching, even if it's praise and worship, that person loses themselves, even if they try hard. And so, do not follow the person's mannerism or attitude or appearance and lose and miss every opportunity. God has for you to have an encounter with him one thing i know with the supernatural with the divine with the realm of god is that god lives in time beyond time above time within time before time and so when you set time and i think prophet hayford shared this if not here one of the sessions the angels are there oh he said it yesterday that when you have an appointment with god the angels are quickly dispatched to be there so for you, it just look like an apostle keeps saying God is not now reinventing the things you would need for 2030. He has already done it. Genesis tells us that he's done with his work and he rested seven days he completed his work. Jesus has finished his. He's waiting at the right hand of God the Father to make his enemies his footstool. He's not, not now recreating anything for you. He's just in the courts appealing on your behalf anything you've done which is wrong, which which deserves a penalty, punishment, for which you should be crucified because you have accepted him and you make confession of your sin or your wrong. He says, Father, look at me. I've taken his place, her place. And so she is not deserving of that punishment. So he's not doing anything new. Everything being done now is within with us. In this earth realm, it is for us to do. And so if somebody comes to stand here, God has released the grace that you are looking for. That prayer you prayed many years ago has been released from the moment we said there's another fire camp. Every resource required has been made available. So it's subject to our obedience. So once you're here and you're obedience to the voice, the call, come for fire camp, know that everything you need it's not that somebody will come and slap you before you know that there's an angel present here or somebody will come and pull your hair before you go like hey i felt a nudge i think there's an angel or i have goosebumps and so there's an angel because if you do that when the weather is not cold you not see or hear (laughs) when there's no ac god is not present because you've reduced God to emotions and feelings and um, symptoms and all that, but He is beyond that. He uses those things sometimes, but the God we serve is vast and limitless. He is bigger than you can ever think. It is wrong to even try to scale Him down to anything. And so, if you want Him to grow a pear tree in this concrete, He will do it. He can do it he doesn't even need to prove himself so if your mind is okay can he grow a pear tree in concrete He's God you are completely off (laughs) if that is what would take you or would be the proof or evidence you need that God is here you are off God communicates with us in our hearts so your outside temperature and environment shouldn't be the determinant for whether God was present is here or is not and it's not how well the word came and kicked you and you were, hey, you're on your feet, shouting and screaming. It's what gives you an impact. Reddy said what? A, the manifestations of giftings does not, um, let me paraphrase him. Where's Reddy? Does not, um, prove or is not the to say that, um, God is there or is an encounter, more or less. I'm paraphrasing so if you are listening you probably remember okay so the manifestations of gift hints is not a proving itself that this person God is in it or God is there or this person is of God or God is the one doing it if I can add more I think I'm adding more to what he said but we understand okay so when somebody is here talking that's my point try and be open Do not let sleep get the better part of you because you don't know when your encounter what happened because it could be through the session while i'm speaking that god will give you that aha moment to something you've been deliberating on something you've been asking god for two three four years 20 years and i'll just say it in passing and you go like ah this thing i've prayed about i have that is god and i probably don't even know i have answered a prayer So do not base your being here on who is doing what and what gymnastics are going on. Because it's not about the gymnastics. If not, I could come and scream and shout and dance around and all that. And when you leave, you feel empty. So pay attention. Whilst you're listening, the word of God washes. It cleanses. It brings liberation. It brings um, liberty. It brings freedom. It brings justice. Because someone will hear, you would will hear will let your conscience, uh, conscience break you and will give you a conviction on a matter. Praise the Lord. So pay attention no matter who. Even if it's somebody is sharing testimony, listen. Even if somebody is sharing some crooked dream, some Chinese movie as a dream, just listen. Maybe the last part will be your answer. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we did encounters.
2: Then in the evening, it was Reverend Robin.
1: Reverend Robin.
2: The kingdom journey to destiny manifestation.
1: The kingdom journey to destiny manifestation. Wow. Did you find yourself on that path? Did anybody find themselves on that path? A few people. Some people were not on that path at all. Reverend Robin. (laughs) Where are you journeying to? That's the question I should be asking then. Where are you journeying to? If you didn't find yourself on the path that leads to, praise the Lord. Okay. And then um and Wednesday?
2: Week, yeah, Wednesday. It was Reverend Keith. Okay. Awake sleeper and Christ will give you light.
1: Mm. Praise the Lord. Mm. That was a session that you were trying to sleep, Abby. Right. And I hope you understood all that he shared. That we're struggling with some of the things we want to see because we're asleep. We're not awake yet. We're asleep. We're sleeping in God. We're like Jonah sleeping in the boat. When a lot of things were happening, we were taking a nap. And some of us are cruising on a nap in this journey we call Christianity. Praise the Lord. And we know we're cruising because we know we don't know anything about the God we claim we serve. And should we be questioned about him now, we can't say who he is, even to ourselves. God told you he's great. He said he's good. He didn't say, I'm God. When you say, God, how are you? He didn't say, I'm God. He said, I'm good. I'm great. Wow. What a powerful God. He didn't tell you he's sad. Why? Because souls are perishing. He didn't tell you he's sad because he's been trying to communicate this message to you that he means more to you than that boy or than that girl. He didn't tell you that you've been making your mother's heart bleed and so he's unhappy because she went through pain to have you. He didn't tell you that your father spent days out of the house, endless hours trying to make money so you can go to Ashesi. And yet you rubbish it all in his face. He didn't tell you, so he's sad. Maybe you should ask him again and say, God, are you the one answering the question? And you say, God, is that you or is my mind trying to force I am good out of you? Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm sure God has a lot on his heart. So when you ask him, God, how are you doing? He'll be honest with you. Praise the Lord. Okay. So the journey um, to assessing grace. Right, for Wednesday, Tuesday evening. Okay. Wednesday session was um, Reverend Keith. Well, on Reverend Keith. Okay, and it was, yes, wake up, old oh sleeper.
2: Reverend Roland was necessity for fire.
1: Necessity for fire. Hey, and you didn't have a fire encounter yesterday? Yo. There was a lot of fire here yesterday. Or oh. Oh, because he fired all of you. You decided you will not remember the session. (laughs) Okay, so let me go to um, the... Oh, and then last night, please.
2: Discovering Uh, and Fulfilling Your Divine Mandate.
1: Wow. The title of the book is what? (laughs) 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 The title is encrypted. (laughs) 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 The... uh, Hey, so how are you going to get it when it comes out? How do you even know it's out when you don't know the title? You are looking for the author. <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. The immutability of what? Destiny helpers.
2: Destiny and purpose.
1: And purpose. Okay, oh. this author, it looks like want want to change the title of the book. But I'm sure he would either... I have an abridged version with this title. <laughs> okay. The immutability of destiny and purpose. And that was a powerful session. We learnt a lot, and there were a bit of encounters, supernatural encounters, and the word of God, and the reason for destiny, and the reason for purpose. Okay, and destiny is the reason why I think, or is it purpose? Purpose is the reason why I think I this. and destiny is. Okay, we went off that one. Okay, so let me just start off by saying today. Okay, um, we've done a bit of everybody's session, and today my session, as I said, is titleless, but it's going to deal with the things that um prevent us from accessing grace. Praise the Lord, we've had some, but I'm just trying to coin them into a few points so we can actually um, process, work with them, and then remind ourselves. Because some of us are going through the process or the phase where we're um, going to lose every grace available for us, for our destiny, but we do not know. We are not aware. So I'm trying to just bring some of these things to the forefront. It's all embedded in everybody's message. So I'm just going to try and do a bit of summary. Hallelujah. OK. so um. So I have here, I'm I'm trying to define grace. I know you have various definitions, but we can all attack it from different angles. Nobody's wrong. So you say, okay, this one was wrong. This one is right. No, I'm just going to give you what I understand as well. Praise the Lord. So grace, as I have it here, is God's ability towards mankind or on behalf of mankind and through mankind, with mankind, for his glory. Grace is God's ability towards mankind or on behalf of mankind, through us, mankind, and with mankind for his glory and to our advantage. So, the beneficiary of this ability of God is us. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, grace is given to us for the glory of God. And I like the way Apostle put it some um, years back. He says, grace is God's advantage for us. Maybe he doesn't remember, but I remember. <laughs> Since my teacher is here. Um, grace is God's advantage that we have. So, um, Prophet Hayford was sharing a few of his encounters. Prophet Robin shared a few of his encounters. Um, Prophet, um, hey, Prophet Keed and um, Reverend Andrew, Reverend Roland, Reverend Della, they all shared a bit of their encounters, praise the Lord. And you realize that these are things that couldn't or wouldn't have happened in their natural abilities or wrong. So me looking at you like this with my physical eyes, I can't tell you they're angels by you. But if I look with the eye God has given me, with my spiritual eye, which you all have, you will see angels present and you see that there are more angels here than there are people. Praise the Lord. Why? Because this move is about God and it's God's purpose and it's for his glory. So there'll be more angels. So most of the things that happened, he went to heaven and he saw a book. It's not something that happened with his body leaving his bed and you coming in looking for Prophet Hayford and he's not there. Most times he's there by his spirit man. So it's a supernatural ability. It's a God ability that he's given to us, earthen vessels, to be able to access the realms of heaven or the libraries of heaven. And so be able to see things there and come and share with his children. So he's sharing with us to encourage all of us to desire to be where God is. To be able to access these things. Because the Bible says these things have all been freely given to us. Who have been called sons. Who have the Lord Jesus Christ in them. So we all have that ability. Except some people have killed their flesh. Died more. So he said something about if you want to see God, you have to die. Or if you want to receive from God, you have to die. You need every need to die. And he said it's not dying transitioning from earth into heaven or hell. (laughs) yeah we're all christians so we all go to heaven no there's heaven there's hell and it's for a reason that god partitioned them like that so if you are not with god you'll be in hell if you are with god you go to heaven so it's not the transition but the fact that you would die to self so when i'm painting dion dion will not be feeling should be feeling it but she will not be getting angry because I'm pinching her. Her flesh will not be reacting. But if she was in the flesh and I probably did this, sit down. <laughs> she doesn't even want to go down. And I did that. She'll probably be offended. Why did she push me down like that? Because she's not dead yet. Even if I was using her for a demonstration and she say, ah, but when I was pulling her up, her mind and her flesh would start responding because she's alive. So you need to die necessarily to be able to assess the graces that God has given, made available. Praise the Lord. It's God's ability. So it is not your ability. It is the ability God has given you because you are in him. But if you are not in God or you don't position yourself in God, then you are not going to assess those things that other people say. And that makes you excited. Like Reverend Roland was speaking about the um the fathers of our faith some of them don't have the things you have today but they died for a cause they believe in they had a vision hebrews 11 which talks about the famous fathers and mothers of faith it says abraham did not receive what god had spoken to him about but he caught the revelation where in the spirit it was by grace he was able to understand what god was saying Because some of you, you've been told, oh, you are going to marry. Uh, Marriage is the usual common example that sits. Even when you are sleeping, you are awake. So, (laughs) oh, it's the one that gets all of that, both boys and girls. So, you've been told that you marry a man of God. And this is free counsel to um, all of us. And so, we immediately begin assessing what we're going to get from the person coming to marry me, especially the women. What is he bringing to me? Like, why should I bother? What does he have? That becomes the yardstick. So what does he have? And me, I've moved past this stage. I don't know who teaches us which stage you are in and who to accept. But we keep saying, oh me, I've moved past this stage. I can't deal with a guy who is here, and I am here. I don't know who puts you here, whether it's God or it's your own design. So you look at yourself and you say, hey, now, before, I used to have done cards, so I could accept JSS voice. Now I've done PEM. So I am accepting only corporate executives, people with car, people with a house, people with um, a job, a JOB, one that pays, not just a JOB. I don't want a cleaner who is in a bank. So he may have a job. But he's not my class. So suddenly, we keep moving as we're growing into class. Unfortunately, the reverse happens. The law of diminishing returns. <laughs> as you're growing and your class keeps increasing, you get to a point. Then you realize there are not a lot of men in that class. Most of them in the class you've reached are already hooked. And so now you start defining your class. And so you see a CEO who is ready to go out with a cleaner in the same bank they didn't want when they were younger. And they'll dress him up or make him look presentable for our class. But at a certain stage, you didn't want to look him, make him look presentable. Praise the Lord. How did we get here? We're talking about grace, God's abilities. Okay. So the free counsel is that try to look at the person, whoever comes, with God's eyes. Try and go to God. This person may be a cleaner today. What potential is in him? And you tell us, hey, how do we judge potential? The way the person either carries themselves and what they keep talking about. They have dreams. They have vision. And so the person may not have a car or a house now, but they have a vision. And I know we are smart enough as women to be able to judge when somebody is a fool or not. Praise the Lord. A fool is one without God. Or a fool is one who keeps coming and saying, yeah, my dad has this range of, I'll come and pick you up in it. And my dad gave me this 100,000 CDs. We'll come we'll go and chill and spread it. That is a fool. Yet some of you want those fools. Because he has hundred thousand, they're chilling, actually, with a hundred hundred thousand. How long will they last? When you, by the time you buy Peruvian hair, um, Italian nails, um, Mary Kay, all of it, you change your wardrobe, and you buy um, Chanel, Calvin Klein, all those things. What will be left of the hundred thousand? It's gone, and yet. He knows how to call you to chill, but he never knows how to call you to do Bible study. Or even I should let's go for this prayer meeting. Yet you want people like that. Hey, he's taking me to Kempinski, he's taking me to Movin Peak, he's taking me to this, and that's all you know. And he likes to take me out. So I think he loves me. When did going out equate love? Was your father taking you out plenty like that? Did he not love you? Oh, answer. Maybe your father was taking you out because he loved you, so, or every day. But you see, we keep trying to live in comfort. It's not our fault, I must say. I, well, I'm a woman. What do you expect? It's not our fault. The fact that God created us after everything is done has given us that sense that we should be in comfort. But he still gave us work he said we should be help meet to the man we found working praise the lord so when you find a man who is working and his speech oh i want to do this i have this plan i want to further my education and i want to do this I want that person has a mind and is going somewhere it's not the finished formula i'm just saying it because some will say they can't see with their spiritual eyes and see how they love god You may not love God, but they should love God more than you. So if you love God more than them, then there's a problem. Praise the Lord. You'll be unequally yoked. It's putting a fat cow by a slim cow. That's the example, so you can remember. (laughs) One cow will be doing the work. (laughs) The fat cow will be dragging the slim cow along. Because the slim cow will be an added weight. And so some of you are in such relationships where the person has become baggage you are carrying around. So, um, Prophet Hifo says, um, some people's um, wives become prayer topics. And some people's wives are prayer partners. So for you, your boyfriend or girlfriend is your prayer topic. Father, change her heart. Father, make her sensible. Father, remove foolishness from her heart. <laughs> your know, prayer every day is to do washing and wearing wash wear wash wear so every stage you are cleansing praise the lord but grace would give you the ability to cite what is godliness in the person their language some of you your fiance's the language is so bad yet you are in the relationship with them and i don't know what is wrong with you and when your pastor says you're a fool you're offended yeah, this guy is telling you you're a fool, you're foolish, you're bangs the door in your face, calls you, bangs the phone, um, decides not to call you. All of it, you're enduring. When your pastor doesn't call you, you're angry. Isn't that also a relationship? Sheep shepherd. It's a relationship, yet you are angry at that because you say your pastor should know better. But the person who will be the head of your life, shouldn't he know better? Yet you endure all sorts of abuse in the name of love. Yet 1 John says, God is love. Well, is that truth... Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is not... It's amazing the things we endure in some quarters in the name of relationship and love, yet we don't endure those same things in the house of God because we keep saying in the house of God, they should know better. But do you know better? You know, I don't know. And when we tell you this relationship will not help you, um, Prof says yesterday night, pray about it. I'll tell you this person will not help you or pray about this relationship. It's just telling you that where you are going, is a headless place. The person is not your head, cannot ever be your head, will not be your head, doesn't want to be your head, has not accepted the appointment, will not make good of it, will shipwreck the offer, and will destroy your life. Yet you are so determined to go to a place where you don't have head. And the head, the head is very important, because that's where you have your brain, your eye, your mouth, your ears, your tongue, all of it. So if you have a body without a head, it is a dangerous thing. Because you don't know where you are going. You could, any car could run into you. Any um, dog can bite you. Any eagle can pick you up. Any goats can chase you. (laughs) Oh, it happens. Goats chase people. (laughs) Mad goats. Goats chase people. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, somebody told me it's when you are wearing their hair. <laughs> when your when your Brazilian hair is made out of goat hair. <laughs> Let me go back. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Praise the Lord. So it's God's ability. Praise the Lord. So be careful where you buy your hair, because what <laughs> these things. They're going to be coming for his hair. <laughs> okay so let's read um who be my reader michael you have a mic and what are we using niv or king james which one do you have okay so if we can use niv praise the lord it's simpler to understand sometimes praise the lord hallelujah okay so we're talking about assessing grace and what grace is is god's ability and on man's behalf and for his glory praise the lord So we're going to read ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. we will pray ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9.
0: ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. hallelujah for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god
1: not by works so that no one can boast this is the word of god amen so your salvation itself starts from grace it says, it says, the Bible says, it's by grace we have been saved. It's a gift of God. It's not anything you work for. So grace is not things that you work for. It is a gift God has given you. It's again, like I said, it's God's ability that he's given you. But it comes to you through salvation. So if you are not saved yet, it is difficult for you to operate in grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are not saved yet, it is difficult for you to operate in grace. The abilities of God, because it's God's ability. And he only puts it in the vessel that has yielded itself to him. Um, hopefully all of you here have accepted Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Is there anybody here who probably the demon- denomination you go to, they don't believe in the confession of um your sins, and the acceptance of Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Anybody here like that? Okay. So the Bible tells us in John, will not read that. You just note it down. It tells us in John um, 1 verse 16, it says that from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And so that grace we receive has to be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It is God's ability, and so he comes to us through his son. And the reason why Jesus says um, you should take up your cross daily and follow him, and that when anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation, is because that old life, when I started, I said Jesus is interceding on our behalf. So when you come to Christ, what you are saying is that, Lord, I have no will. Lord Jesus, I have no will of my own. Who I am, what I am, what I was... I've given all up to you so that I can live the life that God had intended for me as I was coming on this earth. So the life you now have is not yours. You're a living sacrifice. That means that you have been offered. The sacrifice is killed. It dies. It no longer has a say. And so you being a living sacrifice means that you have lost yourself. So if I say I'm standing here and I am Linda. And something happens to me. I have to act as Christ would act. And that would only come to me if I keep spending my time in his word. Getting to know him more. Because you can pray all you want. Father, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you more. And anything can come and confuse you as God. But when you know him by his word, the Bible, which is the standard for our life. Um, Prof. yesterday says it's a book of destiny. When you know him by this book, you know him. And so you are able to cross check and reference every dream, every supposed encounter you have by that book to see, is it God? But if you don't have any iota of him, the least of him, the more of him you read, the more of him imbibes into your spirit, soul and body. Praise the Lord. And so your reaction is no longer yours but that of christ and that's on that ground or basis has he taken your penalty for sin because he has replaced himself with you so whilst he hanged on the cross it should have been you but he took that place so that you and i will not be hanging on crosses every day but we are free and so your reaction has to be based on his reaction so if you you should ask yourself okay this bikini I'm wearing and walking on this beach, would Jesus wear it and be walking on the beach like that? <laughs> Somebody says it's the red, the red bikini. This way that I've exposed my body. Is this body glorifying Jesus? Because mind you, he is supposed to be living in your state. And so it's a partnership. He says, you don't know me yet. So you are being transformed by the renewal of your mind. That scripture. Every day as you read, you get transformation. So before, you didn't think the red bikini was a problem. But the more you read, then you realize, okay, who am I helping? Am I glorifying God in this bikini? If I go and say Jesus loves you with my things dangling, <laughs> would they be seeing Jesus or they'll be looking at the things shaking in front or behind? And then you say, oh, but we're supposed to be free. Are we supposed to be tied in fashion? And do we wear gowns to the beach? Can you go and stand at the beach and preach the gospel? No. If you can, then maybe you shouldn't go there in a bikini at all. But if you can go there and preach the gospel, then you can go and wear the bikini and preach the gospel. Because your life is the testament that people are reading. If I came here, with my hair cropped, let's write, and I have some red, gold, green colors in the middle. And I am here telling you about how Jesus loves you, and I have tattoos here and there. Would you be focusing on the love of Jesus I'm talking to you about? Or you'd be asking yourself, which love has she found? (laughs) And you'd be wondering, is it the red hair, (laughs) or the blue one, or the green? Which highlighter is about God? So you have become that living testament because most of the world cannot see like you can't see now. And so the only way they see God is you. So if your expression of that God is all these things and you're saying, oh, Jesus loves you. And you know, sister, you should stop sinning. And they're asking you, which one? And I'm wearing five rings on each finger. And you're just wondering, has my mind been renewed? You know, people always told that word at you, and I thought you were a Christian. There's a standard, the heart of man knows, your conscience knows. And um, some men of God say, and I believe it, that your conscience is your first judge. So if I tell you your red lipstick is not good, and you're angry with me, it's because your conscience has probably pricked you already, and you subdued it. And so when I say it now, you're looking for a way to vent your frustration. So you hit me. <laughs> with it it's not because it's new to you it's because your conscience already told you it's been telling you like this thing you are doing is not good this relationship you are in is not good but you are refusing to accept the truth of God most of us say we don't hear God but we hear our conscience your conscience keeps speaking to you it's louder than any pastor or man of God's voice or any voice anywhere it keeps telling you don't do this but you still insist and you do it and when the man of God, unfortunately, the messenger, comes to say, then you are angry. Why are you saying this? Why are you judging me? Your conscience was your first judge. It was never about the person saying it. It was about you and your conscience. But you manage to suppress it. But you can't suppress the man of God. Then you get aggressive. And then you stop going to the church. Would you have quit your job because your boss said change your shoes? You wouldn't have quit that job. But you can quit church because you have a choice. You have not died yet you are not a living sacrifice and so god expects that we will be transformed and so it says we all have received grace upon grace from his fullness john 1 16 the fullness that is in christ so we keep receiving grace and accessing grace upon grace hallelujah and so the more of him you know the more of grace you receive the less of god you know the less of grace you have in any way praise the lord so um i think yesterday um tuesday prophet Keith's session it was yesterday he talked about god's purpose which is um he talked about god's mandates dominion mandates prophet Keith, i think you mentioned right in the garden of eden and god's purpose is to reconcile us to himself is to bring his kingdom to bear on this earth. That is the purpose. And to do that, he has chosen you and I to be the channel to which or to whom he will bring this dominion mandate to subdue the earth, to rule, to become an extension of him. So he put us here, being God's purpose. So he has given us the grace to do that, his ability to spread his kingdom wide and near. Praise the Lord. And so we have that original that original purpose of God is to have dominion, which most of us have lost because the prince of this world, by some trick, stole it from our grandparents, and we inherited the inferior DNA. Just like some of you may be sickle cell, AS, SS, all of it. You inherited that from your parents. They got some bad genes and they passed them on to you but by grace you'll be saved from those bad genes. The more of God you have, you have deliverance from those bad bad genes because you've been transformed. And the life you live is no longer that of your parents. But when you don't reconcile with Christ and live the life he lived, because in him there was no disease or sickness that was found. And the Bible tells us, again, when you know the Bible, then you're able to, um, um, force your dominion the bible tells us that it is by his stripes we are healed and so when the devil is telling you you are not well you are telling yourself i am now in christ jesus there's no sickness or disease His stripes took away all those sicknesses. And so me, as a new Christ, shouldn't have this. And so you start confessing that knowledge you know and have in Christ. And that word brings forth grace of healing in you. To set you free from that bondage of sin. Because that life is alien in Christ Jesus. But when you are alive to yourself, diseases, sickness, everything will have you. And you say, but I'm a Christian you haven't died yet praise the lord so that grace of the healing that comes from his word will not come to you but when Delac talked about encounters and prophet hayford i think pushed it a bit more that by the grace i have with christ i can come and pray for you and suppress some um or how do i call it cancel some things you're suffering so i come and pray for you and say be healed In the mighty name of Jesus, I am enforcing that grace and dominion I have in your life by reason of a relationship or by reason of the connection or by reason of the power I have and the sovereignty of God that you brought yourself and told me you are sick. That means you are willing to receive help. The ministry um, of help, the message you got on Tuesday, Reverend Andrew. So you are able to receive that help from me. And so you gain healing, not because you are in right standing, but because I have come to um, enforce that grace. But you can have it when you receive it. And so you can, oh, how did I get healed? This and that and that. And so you start practicing it. So I was speaking to somebody yesterday, Kukwa, about confessing your healing. That sometimes it's not that it hasn't happened. You are well spiritually. But the enemy is a soul loser. So he doesn't like to let go. So he'll keep um, playing with you and giving you false evidence. And because your mind is also alive, you keep saying, eh, but I still have the headache. I still have the back pain. I still have this. And so I know a few people come to church. Hey, Apostle Dali prayed for you and said, hey, do this. And it's gone. And you're happy. But you go home and you're feeling your body. Will they come back? Will they come back? are they sure hey it's not gone and this thing cry maybe they were lying to me next you know you start feeling the pain again and then you say hey they were fake it's not true it's not like that they didn't heal me it was just a hoas it was just the atmosphere it's the excitement everybody was clapping so i got healed (laughs) you've got to reverse what has been done praise the lord and i share this example that when jesus healed the man who was Um, lame for almost 28 years, or say 38 years by the pool of Bersaida, he told him, even though he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, he told him, make sure you do not keep sinning. Or something worse would happen to you. If he had met the altar of life, the giver of healing, the giver of all the graces, in his fullness we receive grace upon grace, why should it be that he should be telling him to stop sinning? Why didn't he tell me, go and live life anyhow, and you'll be whole? But he told him something worse. He could be dead. He could die if he goes on. Because, oh, I met Jesus, so now, and some of you, that's how you are living your life, the grace uh, generation. Oh, because I met Jesus, everything is done, so I can go back and sleep with that boyfriend a thousand times and I'll still marry him and nothing will happen. Praise the Lord. And the mystery of that is that your womb is a gate that God is looking forward to sending godly children onto this earthworm, who will be an extension of his government, of his kingdom. And so as you abuse this, doing what God hasn't authorized you at the time he hasn't, you contaminate that gate. So all the children that will come through that gate will be contaminated from birth. And so they'll be struggling, the struggles you are having now. Some of them will be dealing with lust. Some of them will be mal Some of them will be paralyzed when they are born because you have contaminated the gate that should be clean that these generations will come through. So when they are telling you, I think, oh, but God said we'll be married. God said you will be married, but he didn't say you are married. And he says for you to be married, come before me, my altar. Let a servant I have ordained bless it. So that's what God did. He took the woman to man and then he blessed them he said man today and the man said he didn't even say man said this is my bone of my bone flesh of my flesh is God bless them that's how you make your own confessions at the wedding <laughs> the pastor only leads you you say it yourself so that tomorrow you are responsible but so that's what God did and bless them and they started procreating after that you want to procreate and then be blessed by God you are turning the rules upside down that is not God's standard So when we talk to you about it and you think, oh, we're being, raised, stop sleeping with this person. They tell you be righteous. That is one thing that blocks the gate, the access to grace. Righteousness is being where God is. So if God is here and you are there, you are not righteous. And somebody will tell you righteousness is being without sin because God is without sin. And I keep using the... When I pick something up in my spirit, it becomes my standard. So I keep using what I learned from apostle, that sin is falling short of the standard of God. If the standard of God is um, a blessed matrimonial life, and you are fornicating, you are sinning. If God's standard is that you be a doctor for your life, and you are a nurse, you are sinning. If God says you be an engineer and you happen to be a teacher, you are sinning. You are not fulfilling the purpose and destiny God has sent you to. So God at this stage expects you to be in a hospital, saving lives, winning souls, healing people. Both the, um, what is it called, healing and the curative and all that, the doctors say they don't cure. They only manage, it is God that cures. So they manage the situation for you. So while he's expecting you to be ministering to lives there, you are in the classroom teaching um, social studies. You're not even teaching science to even be close. (laughs) You're teaching social studies. (laughs) Or fancy, or Or (laughs) Those who went to the bougie schools, they learned organizational behavior. Some of us, we didn't learn it at school. <laughs> you know, you are doing what God hasn't asked you. So yesterday night, you learned that you may be successful in life, but you are not having impact. Or before God, you are not successful. So if God has called you to be a teacher, because he wants you to teach a generation of people Whose mindset he knows to be corrupted by internet and everything else they have and he knows you can slip in your godly understanding and knowledge and explain science not by the big bang theory but by the creation uh, process of god explaining how genesis the earth was formless because before that bang there was something what caused the bang And you bring in the children's mind to think in that format. Rather, you are in some business, makola, selling things. You may be successful in terms of riches, but you don't have any impact. And as far as God is concerned, you're failed. So it's good to, and he mentioned something important. You and I, me, I started my own. You soon, or some of you probably are, are the next generation of parents and you need to get this right that you don't force your children into a box because you are causing them to miss their destiny and their purpose and the impact that god wants them to have because i've met some guys who can really do ladies hair they are not gay <laughs> there's one at spring echo bank so i don't know they are really good some of them have broken through the status quo and have done or are doing what probably God has called them to do because they are good at it better than women. <laughs> but some people would refuse that job because they think it's shy yours to do it. And so they will miss their purpose because whilst there, they can talk some sense into some foolish girls who come in and think life is all about hair and fashion and all that, and their husbands are not treating them well, and they lashing out at their husbands in the saloon. So this guy will tell them, look, I'm a man, and what you're saying is wrong. This and this is, it is what God has said. So he's righting the wrongs by where he is. you would have had an impact, but this person would rather be a vulcanizer than a hairdresser because it is shy us. Is a man's job. This one is not. And there are some men I've met who cook better than women. Thank God they broke (laughs) into. All apostles or the ministers are good cooks. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) 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 The above says to pray before you test the food. Don't worry, you have the antidote. Hallelujah. As a guardian, you have to be careful. Because mm. it can go bad quickly. Okay, praise the Lord. So um, I'm trying to develop this point. We'll try and be within time. I think Reverend Barry doesn't mind too much. So he'll come and continue. We need to learn from him as well. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So one of the points which I was building up for not assessing grace is when you are not holy or when you are not righteous. Praise the Lord. So when you are not where God is, because God's purpose is to reconcile us, the world, back to himself. And Jesus tells us that he's come to do the bidding of his father. And the bidding of the father is that he kept saying in Matthew that that um, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He came to bring the kingdom of God closer to us because we're far from it because of sin. So sin is falling below the standard of God for your life. So God may call me or God may ask me to do something else. And I remember Reverend Robin saying, a fool is anybody who compares himself to another. And you use Bible scripture. You remember the scripture. So, he didn't say it out of to offend you, or <laughs> even though I was offended when he said that. But you can't be offended. <laughs> he says, a fool. So, if you keep God's standard for your life, what is God's standard? It's in his, his Word. So, the more of God's Word you read, He keeps revealing Himself in your quiet moments, which is the time you call meditation. And as Apostle would say, we all meditate. When you spend that time thinking, some of you are meditating right now. Whilst I am speaking, you are thinking about what you eat in the evening. Is it Banku? Is it wache? What did I even order? Was it fried rice? Is today your love? And your mind is meditating on food. <laughs> Yet you tell me you cannot meditate on God's word. It's the same, and I'm supposed to tell you the same thing. Just putting your attention to what God's word said. He said, out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. What does that mean? What is grace? And why are we receiving grace from it? That is meditation. So you spend time meditating. Hey, what would my fiancé be wearing today? Would he like how I'm dressed? What is, well, I like it when he's wearing those shorts because his hairy legs are. You are meditating. <laughs> <laughs> you are meditating on somebody's body parts. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't worry, some people are acting like they haven't heard some before or done some before. Don't worry, don't worry, you all get there soon. If you haven't passed me, you'll get there soon. Some people are behind me already, they've gone. I have doubt numbers and they've picked them and they are trying to see if they've done that before and checking people's legs out (laughs) that's x-ray vision that is how you see from God Uh how you can see somebody's vital stacks in a dress is how you see when God is showing you things praise the Lord, it's basic, it's the same except you haven't diverted your attention to it so today I'm telling you, the same way you can sit and think about it, yes, same way that you start receiving visions. Hallelujah. Amy has a revelation. Or oh, she's caught the revelation. She just had an encounter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. So you need to be holy as God is to access grace. So if you keep living in sin, you are not going to be able to access grace because grace is god's ability and god is holy he says be ye holy as i am holy praise the lord be holy as i am holy hallelujah and i also already spoke about being full of god's word and i told you the more of god's word you have the more of his grace because his word is himself and so if you have god's word in you the more of God's word you have in, he, in you, the more of God you have. Hallelujah. It's as simple as a, it's an equation. The less of God you have, word, God's word you have in you, the less of God you have. There was a time that, I don't know if Sunday school still does that, um, Saw Drill, um, Memory, Zion, Sunday school. You're a good church. You're a good church. Hallelujah praise the lord okay so again you need to know um i was saying yes gone were the days we used to do that and so some of us had some amount level of memory verse in us praise the lord it may just be memory but we knew today's generation if i want to pass the mic around now give me one scripture which is not john three sixteen. <laughs> no there'll be trouble on this side of heaven because some of you know you can tell me but I can't tell me where it is some of you can say um in the beginning was the word and the word i'm not sure whether it's john 10 or john 15 but i know it's in john so you can do that but in the past at least you had like at least 30 memory verses 30 somebody says a, at least 30 memory verses by the time you go to Sunday school you know at least 50 but now one has... <laughs> but even now it's even easy to access the word It's on your phone everywhere you go Bible app is there devotional this but yes still still my people and then the other thing you need to have to access grace is also part of what um, Reverend Roland was sharing about fire, vision and passion, is really your conviction. First of all, you need to know what God, a call God has given you. Praise the Lord. And when you know the call of God upon your life, you can access grace. So I was telling you, if God has asked you to be a teacher and you know that you can access every grace that is in the fullness of Christ Jesus for you, as one who is in christ Jesus, you can access that grace if he says you are a computer scientist you can access that grace that is in you because you have that knowledge and you know this is the path you're on and so as you study the bible jumps at you it becomes alive you see all the es- encryption and coding in the bible you begin to see how god coded the world hallelujah but if you don't accept that call that grace may be available see um I used to read Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Exodus. I'm using myself as as an example. And even Matthew, the other day, I was sharing the types of um, judgment and process. And I was saying, when I started doing the law, now I understood the basis and the source of law. That is in Exodus Deuteronomy numbers, the things God told them, that they should even create a state, a place where people can run to when they commit murder and so that they are safe and the priest keeps them there. After a seven-year period, they can come out, and when they come out, um, something of blood, the one who um, revenge, takes revenge or vengeance of the blood, sees them, they can kill them. But if within that period they find out that they are not guilty, they are let out. And the law has a provision for that, that you may have committed a crime but it can be seen; even the um, Deuteronomy code said it can be seen as murder or manslaughter. And Moses states the conditions under which you can be considered um, it can be considered manslaughter or murder, as in self-defense and all that. And so the law, as we know it now, takes its source from the Bible. And I didn't see that before till I started doing law, and now I see examples of law, common world law, that is captured directly from the Bible. Because I am following purpose. (laughs) Please, there's only one counselor, counselor one, Nana one. Wherever he is, he should have been here. Hmm. You know, but by reading the word now with this new mindset of the purpose assignment God has given me, all these things are jumping at me from the Bible. So there's an aspect of the law that says that um, we can take the law literally which says that you don't drink um, drink beer in a bottle. So I take beer, put it in a cup, and I say I'm not drinking beer. And that is the literal translation. And the judge will say, yeah, truly, he's not drinking beer because the law says it has to be in a bottle. And so the people come, and then there's the golden rule and the purpose. The purpose is to say what is the purpose of the law? Is to prevent people from being drunk. So whether it's in a cup or a bottle, the law says it should be in a bottle. But the judge will say you are still guilty. Simple, because it's the purpose and the spirit of the law. And there's the um, third aspect. So I was using that example to explain the woman caught in adultery. The rule says Moses says stone her to death, and Jesus says what is the purpose of the law? That is the process he used. Is it to kill people by heart, or is it to correct a defect in society? So he sits and he writes out all the laws and the things that probably people have done. So when they look, they drop the stone. And he says, he who has no guilt should be the first to cast the first, uh, first, to cast the stone, first stone. And now by that interpretation, the purpose of the law is not um, to destroy people, but to build a better society. So when he said that, people started dropping their stones. But if he had said, yes, the law is to stone, they will stone. But those people who are stoning probably deserve bigger stones. But theirs hasn't come to the forefront. So I looked at them, I'm like, this is what the law is saying. Current law has golden rule, purposive rule, literal rule. All of it is captured in the Bible. And the examples that God has shown us, the fact that I'm guilty, but he lets somebody pay the price for me, and he lets me go. Okay. So God is not outside of law. As we made the same. Some of us didn't pursue that law call because we said lawyers were liars, were thieves, were criminals, and all of it. Well, tomorrow if I wear that cape, <laughs> all the things I said about them will be about me. But I've repented. I've repented. But you see, because I understand the call of God, and all of us have a call, there's nobody who doesn't have a call. We're all sent from heaven with a purpose no matter where you find yourself. So we realize in First Kings, the s- story about the slave girl. 2 Kings 5, 1 to 3. We can not read it because of time, but you have it. This is the little slave girl who was caught from Israel when the, um, I think it was the Arameans, um, the story of Naaman. The story of Naaman, at least we all know it from Sunday school so this israeli girl was caught and was a slave in the commander's army general's house and this man was suffering leprosy so this little girl i mean if it was you and i today will be grieved and pained and hurt from the fact that we've been separated from our families and so will not be Careful or compassionate enough to tell the general there's a solution here. Let him suffer. He has ended Let that leprosy destroy him and his family and his generation and let the wife catch it That will be your thinking But this little girl the purpose for which she was sent there was to expand the kingdom of God And so she tells her mistress. Oh, there's a prophet in Israel who can heal this man And that was her purpose even as a slave girl. She was serving her purpose some of you use bitterness and envy and anger and frustration. So wherever God has planted you, you refuse to do the work of God. Because you said, "And hey, this person has hurt me. Why do I care? If they want to cut their legs, they should cut it. If they want to cut their heads, they should cut it. I don't care. Do you know what they've done to me? Yet today, you are supposed to be the light in that generational family. This person may be a witch chewing all your hair, so your hair is never growing. I don't know me and hair today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you had a dream and you saw them coming to pick your hair and yet they are dying and they need your help for prayer and you know they are and you know you can pray for them compassion and the word of God and the fact that you're dead sacrifice living you're a living sacrifice so you are dead you go and still pray for the person irrespective of what you think you know they are doing for you or to you but most of us will use bitterness. So we will not even assess the grace of healing. Because if you had prayed, that would be a testimony to you that this grace is active and alive in you. But you will not do it because you are bitter. So bitterness, envy, hurt, pain is what prevents us from assessing the grace that God has given us. Praise the Lord. We don't assess the grace because we're bitter and we're pained and these are marks or tools the devil leaves in us so that he can come and collect a harvest. So, anytime you are hurt, you're embittered, and you don't let it go, God says, Vengeance is mine. And today I was explaining that to my little girl because somebody did something. I said, Let them go. And she was saying, Hey, you, they, I know you never, even your enemies, you are friendly to them. And I said, Yes, little girl, you don't understand. If I hold things against them, God can override and supersede and impose his sovereignty on that my grudge. But when I leave them to God, David says, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. So when I say, let them go, and God says, no, you have offended my servants, and the oil of my life decides to speak for him, that man will suffer more than if I held that grudge. Or see him and I choose not to pick him up because he's done something I am the one losing because whatever blessing that will come from God to me I lose it because this person will go to God and say hey the way I talk to this lender girl cry not fine father forgive me and God says I have forgiven you and me Linda I'm holding on to that grudge and he talked to me some way does he know I'm ordained does he know I'm a, man, a woman of God now does he know the kind of people I speak to and I'm carrying that grudge I am the loser and a lot of you are losing because you have things against your parents. You have things against your exes. You have things against your teachers. You have things against your friends. <laughs> oh, it's true. For, you, for some of you, some names you don't want to hear at all. Some tribes you don't want to hear at all. But you are missing out on assessing the grace God has for you if you had interacted or blessed that person. Praise the Lord. Grace is available for all exes. Hallelujah. At all, some of them they made you know God better by dumping you. You went to cry to God. And God told you you are being foolish. And for once you heard God telling you, you are foolish. And so now you can hear God. If they didn't dump you, you probably never hear God because you'll be cruising in supposed love. Hallelujah. So your parents, some parents may have done hurtful things to you, but that hurtful thing may have pushed you towards God. Not paying your school fees and making you probably work and not giving you we made you seek a fellowship and seek for school fees. But in the process of finding school fees, you found God. So God uses all situations and circumstances. So when you become fixated in that and not being forgiven. You are the one who is losing out. Praise the Lord. You are losing out by holding on to these emotions. Those are tools. The devil plants things in you so that he can come for it. And Jesus says that what? The enemy has nothing. The prince of this world comes. But he has nothing in me. For some of you, he has his eyelashes, eye pencil. his (laughs) He has his coat. He has his tongue. Because Jesus says time you lie, you speak the mother tongue of the devil. So some of you have that tongue, so every day he comes for it, He keeps coming to weep. He keeps coming to weep. Our culture doesn't allow us to tell the truth. I don't know why, whether it's culture or it's the people. Hallelujah. So um, I was talking about calling and conviction, and when you have uh, you know the call of God. And if you don't know the call of God on your life, please seek. You see, I think somebody asked a question when Reverend Robin was having a session that um, called something about working in Babylon and being a child of God. The call is not just your everyday life is ministry. It's not when I stand here to preach. I was telling you people, you are the New Testament everybody is reading. You claim Jesus has died for you and the life you live now is Jesus. You are looking out for Jesus in you. So it is whilst you are in corporate, because some of you, this is where God has called you to, to impact the economic world, to have an impact in business. And so your call is to be a business guru. But if you don't know God, and you can't use God to determine the inflation of a currency, and determine how this, you are the finance minister to a country, and you can't use that finance knowledge to advise your president. So I was listening to Pastor Nana, and when Elijah said, tomorrow by this time, uh, uh, whatever, a long car of rice will sell for this much. And the man said, over his dead body. And Pastor Nana said, this is a very foolish economic minister. <laughs> He's a foolish minister of finance. You have a problem, somebody has given a solution. He's not buying into it, you are standing there saying, over your dead body. And it did happen he was trampled upon when what god had prophesied so elijah that economic minister should have been like elijah determining the economy the uh, the strength of the currency currency so you should be able to determine how inflation will go as a minister of god in ministry of finance not go there and now start teaching people how to hold and corruption becomes on the spike when you're a child of god Not teaching yourself how to hold money because you have access to wealth. Wealth of a people, praise the Lord. So your work is like Daniel. And I shared this example somewhere that Daniel was both a prime minister. He was um, an economic official. He was a prophet of God, though he didn't bear that title. And he was a government advisor. He was working for the king. And he kept increasing the king's profit as a worker in that vineyard. He was working in Babylon. He wasn't working in Israel. Yet he was able to transform the economy, work within time, and had time to pray. And that is all our standard life. Daniel is the standard Christian. And so if you cannot impact the area you're in and still pray and say, because of my work, I can't pray, I can't come to church, you have been a very bad Christian. Daniel didn't have technology, computer, all that you have today. Yet he increased the king's profits. He was able to pray. He, he, he was a politician, because he was able to. He was he lived four kings as their counselor. So if you can, you tell me because you're in Babylon, you can't be a Christian. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's going on. So your mindset should be like that of Daniel, that wherever God plants me, my daily life is ministry. As a taxi driver, Uber driver, I should be able to impact, speak to people about Christ. They're sitting in my car, if they have a problem, by the time they get down, that problem should be gone. They're coming into my office, by the time they come, I help them out, they see God in me, working in me. I am praying over the challenges the company has and coming with godly solutions. How do you know this, God told me. I want to know your god how did god tell you this but if you're honest you have a job so you get salary and so if they say they they don't pray here you too, you don't pray there and you keep telling us you don't understand my company you can't pray seriously (laughs) (laughs) praise the lord so your work is to be the daniel in this generation impacts both across board. Economics, science, health, religion, all of it. So, if you have a business, you should be able to pray over your products that are going out. Father, today, wherever this thing goes, let everyone catch the fire. Let their conscience become alive to the fact that you are God. Let them become born again. Let them receive salvation. By seeing this product, let their minds be drawn to you. That is you doing the work of God. As a businesswoman, not saying eh, customers don't come to me, I just ship things out. Let Christ be in that shipment. Hallelujah. Let Christ be in that product. That is your job as a child of God. So wherever God has called you, have that personal conviction. Some of you are Christians, but one leg is in Christ, the other is in the world. The Bible says, don't you know that enmity and friendship with the world is enmity towards God? And I shared a message at Batona, since I found that, I think it was in John 5, 16, that Jesus says, I no longer call you um, slaves, but I call you, I call you friends, because all that I have received from the Father, I have made known to you. Hallelujah. So if you want to know the mind of God, consciously try to become a friend. Praise the Lord. Consciously become a friend of Jesus. Consciously become a friend of God. You know all the things. Prophet, if I to tell you there's nothing that will by- bypass him, you can't surprise him, except he want to be surprised. Because he's become a friend of God. How? Abraham was a friend. So when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he told him, Friend, I want to destroy these people. What do you think? Then he says, No, God, Charlie, you can't do this. Why? Because there are people there who know you and so on and so forth. So he negotiates. That is your role in your family as a friend. Father, this person has to go. They haven't been saved. You can't kill them now. I stand in the gap for them. I'm pleading their lives. can't keep calling us. Hey, my parents, my mom is dying. She's in the hospital. And apostle also say the problems in your family is because of you. <laughs> you are the challenge your family is having. Because your light is not shining. Praise the Lord. So I was talking about personal conviction. So again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they knew what God had called them to, they decided with Daniel that they will not eat the king's food because they will get defiled. And when the king puts them in the furnace, they told the king, "King, we're not careful to answer you in this matter." Daniel three sixteen to eighteen. They said they were not careful to answer him in this matter because they had a personal conviction that no matter what, he says, even if God does not come and rescue us, we will not bow to this, your idol. How many idols do you have in your heart today? How many idols have you bowed to? Some of you, Nyamibe humia ferry. So I'm going to help myself. I've been asking God for help, sir. God hasn't helped me. So Charlie, now I'm on my own. This job, they say I shouldn't take it. But for how long would I be broke? And God, how long? What kind of God are you that every day you're happy to see me broke? <laughs> so you want to help yourself. You're, you don't have any conviction. So you are quick to go and find a way to help yourself out of the situation. So, what they say you shouldn't do, you do. Then you come back and say, and when I confess, God will forgive me. He's faithful and just then he forgives us of all unrighteousness. You have just shortened your life by that wrong decision. So decisions, they stop you from assessing grace. Praise the Lord. Wrong decisions stop you from lack of conviction, personal conviction. So if you don't have a personal conviction or a matter, anything goes so you don't have any conviction about not um about drinking no personal conviction so your friend's wedding everybody at the table is drinking um all of it so you to sip some because it is nice it's bougie it's not a pure <laughs> it's not a pure so it is refined it is a fine people's drink and I want to be fine. I want to be long. So you drink some. Because you don't have any personal conviction. But these people said, "King, even in the face of fire, and not sure where God will come and rescue them. And this is not the days of the Holy Spirit. It is now that we have the Holy Spirit. Those days, he comes and goes, Old Testament. So you have the Holy Spirit now, because you've been baptized. You have a deposit of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1. Paul says, when you became born again, you are given a deposit, guaranteeing your salvation. And you need to grow that deposit. Praise the Lord. And so you realize a lot of things we're doing wrong as Christians. For us it's in name, not in purpose. Why are you a child of God? Why are you a Christian? We are Christians in name, religion, but not in purpose. And God is not interested in religion. He's interested in a kingdom. He's interested in a government. He's interested in his governance and his people and his leadership and expansion of that. So anybody who is an unbeliever who can obey the laws of God will benefit of those blessings. Praise the Lord. So anyone who can give tithes who may not be a child of God, a Muslim, he'll benefit from the blessings of tithes which the children of God will not benefit from because they are not paying tithes. It doesn't mean you go to heaven because the way to heaven is through Christ Jesus. He says, I'm the only way. But everything else, again, the apostle will tell you that those who painted their doorpost with the blood of the lamb who were Egyptians were passed over because that was the rule. When I see the blood, I will pass over. So he may not be an Israel or Israelite or a Jew, but because he put his blood, the blood of the lamb on his doorpost. The angel won't discriminate. That is the law, when you see the blood pass. So if you choose to be a Christian, but you not practice the tenets or the rules of the kingdom. So Cornelius was an unbeliever, but he liked giving. And the economy of heaven is about giving. The currency of heaven is giving. When you give, you receive. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall God pour into your laps? And he says, make sure that there's tights in my household. And you don't do that. If a Muslim, a Hare Krishna, a Buddhist, a whatever, a traditionalist does those things, he would receive the benefits thereof. Because again, Psalms, David says, his laws are in all the earth. And the law of God sustains this earth. And he has put man to dominate and control. When we don't do anything, the devil overturns those laws. God is sovereign in his nature, praise the Lord. But he will not come and interfere, in the affairs he's handed over to man, cause he will judge us. So if he says, go and teach these children, you don't go and the children become rogue. God is not going to say, eh, your parents weren't allowing you out of the house, so you can go free. He's going to judge you, judge your parents, cause you heard that you should teach the people. But he said, because of your parents, you not do it, so you folded your arms. So if you know your call, start, gravitating, moving towards that core. Do whatever it is you need to do to be able to assess that grace. But if you refuse, because you say you can blame your parents, they'll get there as a train, but you get yours too. Praise the Lord. And I told you, start raising your children to be free. Do not impose your failed dreams on them. This is why we're here. Our parents didn't know better if they had known, they would have forced us into things that we could not do and we can't do. Praise the Lord. My parents gave me free will. I wanted to do engineering, computer science. Then a lecturer me and Apostle met, made a tsunami to business administration. <laughs> he taught in class that we were confused, so we all moved to business, most of us. And it was God still pushing me in that direction. Because I don't know what I would have done probably as a computer scientist. But I needed to pursue the path of law. And I needed to do entrepreneurship is in my blood. So I needed the business grace. I needed the law grace. I didn't need the computer science grace. So that man was a blessing from God. Come to think of it. he <laughs> wasn't a blessing at the time. But it was a blessing from God that I didn't know. So maybe most of the people who went, including apostle, should have been business people, but would have pursued a career in Kobe. would have missed it. Praise the Lord. So sometimes God divinely orchestrates things through the hand of man because somebody employed him. He has the book knowledge, but to teach, impart knowledge. Yay. You can even boil egg easier than the man can teach. <laughs> than the man can teach. I can teach you how to do cocoa easily, than him impart, that he knows book. But he's not a teacher. It's a grace he doesn't have. Praise the Lord. So, that is one thing. Conviction can give you access to grace. Not having personal conviction can shift you from receiving grace. Hallelujah. I think I've shared enough now. So, we will pray a bit and then Reverend um, Barry will come in and take over. Praise the Lord. Let me share a last um, example wrong alignment. Praise the Lord. So, I just want to pick this from 2 Chronicles 18. The whole of 18, read that in chapter 19, 1 to 2. Michael, if you can read 2 Chronicles chapter 19, 1 to 2 for me. 2
0: Chronicles chapter 19. Yes. This one.
2: Yeah. When
0: Jehoshaphat king of Judah returned safely to his palace in Jerusalem, hmm. Jehu the seer, the son of Hanani, went out to meet him and said to the king, Mm. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord, right. because of this the wrath of the Lord is on you. There mm. is, however, some good in you,
1: Amen. For you
0: have rid the land of Asherapols, Amen, and have set your heart on seeking God,
1: Amen. So chapter 18 tells us about 18 verse 1 tells us about as about Jehoshaphat marrying or being aligned to King Ahab, so Israel was divided into two judah and israel so jehoshaphat was the king of judah and israel was the, ahab was the king of israel so he was married to a daughter of ahab and that's how come he was aligned to ahab but ahab had lost favor with god because of his idolatry and other little little disobedience here and there but he worshipped other gods except for the true god and King Jehoshaphat went to see him and Ahab wanted to go to war against a certain people and then asked his friend Jehoshaphat why don't you join me and he said "It's okay let's go to battle but let's ask of a man of God and then that's where the famous prophet uh, Micaiah comes in he's the one who never tells the king anything good not like your prophet at all prophet tells us good things (laughs) whoever he is when I drop the mic, I now I'll get it. But you see, <laughs> Micaiah tells the king the truth, but the king hated that. So, Prophet, he to come and tell you, do not do this. And you say He's always being harsh at me. There is, yeah, it's the truth, but the way he says it, how else should he say it? When your boss shouts at you, you don't care. It's the truth or it's not even the truth, but you accept it. But when the prophet of God sees that you are going to die, and he's shouting at you to get, bring you back, then you get offended. Yes, he, what he says is true, but the way he communicates, it, you should communicate it better. Does the doctor tell you, oh, you will die, but you die in two days, so don't worry? They tell you, don't have any more time, go home and prepare. Two days, you are gone. Do you get angry with the doctor that he says you die? But when a man of God tells you, what you are doing, you die, then you get angry. And you tell me I'll die, but he should say it in a better way than that. Which better way? Death is death. You'll be broke. Broke is broke. Whether they tell you, oh, you not have money in a few days. So what you are doing, God is seizing your finances, you don't get money for the next three years, and you suffer and you food to eat will be hard. Eh, why is he telling me like that? Eh, eh, the way he said that he broke my spirit, he broke my heart, he did this. You sit there. It will still happen, whether he sugar quotes it or not. So Micah tells the king the truth. So the king hated him. So, prophets came together, they lied to the king. They told him he should go to war, he will win when he was going to die. So, Jehoshaphat said, is there any other person? So they brought Micah who said, okay, those of you sleeping, I appreciate it. I know my time is up, but please say it in a better way. You are causing offense. I'm offended. You're telling me I should leave. Say it in a better way. I'll leave quietly. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so um, long and short of it, Micah comes and tells him he'll lose, but they didn't believe him. So, they went to war. And the people almost attacked Jehoshaphat because the king Ahab was disguised. So, they almost killed him because he cried. The Bible says he cried to God and he rescued him. So when he came back home, but they killed Ahab anyways, they found him, and an arrow by divine direction caught his heart, even though he was in camouflage. So what God has said will happen, whether it is nice or not. So they actually put Micah in chains to, for the king to go and come back, and he told him it won't happen. Anyway, so Jehoshaphat got home, and Jehu, another prophet, saw him and told him, which is what we read that you have aligned yourself with somebody who wasn't a friend of God. And so some of you, your alignment, association with people who are not friends of God is what is denying you access to grace. Because some of you need serious favor, but you are not getting that favor because you are standing by somebody who is not of God. Or you are following somebody who is recalcitrant, rebellious, um, a disobedient child. And you are following them and so the favor that should come to you the goodness of God the grace that you should receive is missing because of your association hallelujah because of your association you are losing out on what you should have the benefits you should receive so that's how you lose access to grace because the person you are with is a is the devil's cousin and God's good gifts do, no go, do not go to the devil but what that person sometimes is doing is denying you of the benefits, because you are not in light, you are in darkness. Praise the Lord. So to end, before we pray, there was this, um, it's a skit, lady who the angel was sent, um, God sent an angel to go and deliver her husband to. So when he went with the picture he was giving, got to the house, dressed all right, the lady had changed. So he didn't think it was the person. So he went to give the husband to the neighbor. And this woman was crying because she had done fasting over a period, like 21 days. And the 21st day, she should get her husband. But within that time, she had changed her wig and flowy Brazilian hair to just pony her own hair. So when the angel got there, looked at the picture and she had done makeup because in her fast, she was in fast mode. So she had cleansed all the things. So when she had done, rejoicing that this was her 20, she would get her answer. The angel bypassed her because she had changed her appearance. It wasn't what he saw. So on a lighter note, on my ending note, so those who are sleeping and telling me they are offended, they will forgive me that you have something to laugh about. When your associations are wrong, this is how you miss the blessings of God. They go to somebody else because you are standing at the wrong place at the right time or at the right place at the wrong time. Praise the Lord so accessing grace the things that limit or deny you the ability to access grace those are my pointers that i can share within the time god bless you can we be on our feet and pray let's pray small and see what god can do professor said he will minister this evening powerfully okay so we'll pray then you come and minister hallelujah So I just want us to pray shortly. Um, Michael, please read Isaiah 43, verse 19 for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, amen. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 43, verse
0: 19. Hmm. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the
1: wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Verse twenty. Mm, the just, world, 19, just nineteen. Just nineteen. Amen. And then Jeremiah fifty one verse twenty. Jeremiah chapter fifty one verse twenty. Yeah. You are my war club,
0: my weapon for battle.
1: Mm.
0: With you, I shatter nations.
1: Amen. Amen. And then kingdoms. Please finish. With you, I destroy kingdoms. Amen. Amen. So we're going to pray. You have heard a lot. I know the Lord is doing a new thing in our midst with this fire camp. And he's asking us from scripture, can we perceive it, can you see it? There's a new thing that God is doing, which is accessing grace for his purpose. Returning us to his original plan of us dominating and having, subduing the earth, and multiplying over it and being fruitful. But we want to pray this afternoon that we're praying and we're declaring That every spiritual weakness in our lives anything that is a weakness that would deny us the benefit of this newness is terminated and destroyed in the name of Jesus and we're standing on the ground of the fact that God says you are his battle as with you he destroys kingdoms and nations anything that is alien to the kingdom of God is his enemy that's how come is alien so we're praying and we're declaring that every spiritual weakness because your inability to pray, inability to do Bible studies, inability to walk the way God wants you to walk, inability to identify your core and your purpose on this earth is a weakness and it keeps denying you of the grace God has given for your life. Whatever grace you are assessing or you want to assess in this season, it will be yours But we want to destroy anything that will be a weakness a barrier that will stop us from accessing that grace from being a partaker of that newness do we get we're going to pray five 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 minutes short 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 so once i say the prayer minutes it's just five minutes not 30 minutes for you to put it on autopilot so you are praying father whatever is a weakness in me anything that is denying me access to the graces i have in you anything in my flesh anything in my mind anything in my soul anything that causes me to keep doing the things i do even though i know what is right today it's been terminated today it ceases today i deny it of life today i stifle it i strangle it by the reason of me being your battle axe i destroy it in the name of jesus you are standing on the victory jesus has won for you and you are destroying everything because some prophecies, to be honest you've heard them over and over again but the manifestation the grace to make it happen is becoming far and wide and long and you hear the same testimony every year and it still bypasses you every year so today you are denying anything that whose life isn't driving in the grace that you have to prosper, to progress. Anything that is sipping the life out of that grace, out of that word, out of that opportunity, benefit. You are destroying it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, do you get the prayer topic? Is it a prayer we can pray? Mean it with all your heart. Your mind can cannot roam. Your mind has to be on this prayer. So we're praying anything, Lord, that is a weakness in my life. Anything that is denying me access to your grace, I terminate it now in the name of Jesus. Anything that denies me the blessings that I have in you. Anything that denies me the grace that I have to prosper, to progress. Anything that keeps harvesting that grace from me that I do not manifest your glory is terminated today, It's destroyed today in the name of Jesus. And let's pray. Break us the other part of the day. My sins, they'll be the most the other part of it. We are the to worship. Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.